Welcome to another edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network. And during the next few minutes, we're going to unashamedly talk about giving to ministries and those in need. And I just want to say thank you who has ever given to support their church because you even don't know how much you are doing and the amount of the wonderful treasure that you're storing up for yourself in heaven. And we are so, so grateful. That's the voice of a woman who works for Fund for Assistance to the Russian Orthodox Church outside Russia. And she says she still can't believe her luck because she gets to do what she loves and meets amazing Orthodox Christians from all over the world on a daily basis. Welcome to the program. I'm Mike Trout, and our host is uh, the founder of this nonprofit outreach called the Orthodox Christian Network and the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology in Brookline, Massachusetts, Father Christopher Metropolis. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate the fact that you are spending a few of your precious minutes with us as we present another edition of our program. This is a weekly visit, and we've been coming your way or coming somebody's way (laughs) for over 25 years now. And you can find all of our archives on the website, myocn.net. That's myocn.net. Here's Father Chris. Elena Plavsic joined Funds for Assistance as a development manager and has been working at FFA for the last nine years. She believes that she found her vocation helping secure funds for Rocor missions and supporting clergy around the world. Welcome, Elena, to the program. Thank you. Can you tell us what is the Fund for Assistance and how do you describe your specific role? Um, well, the Fund for Assistance is, I think, uh, the best organization in the world. And not because I work there, <laughs> but also because of what the fund does. It was founded uh, over 50 years ago by a group of laymen in the Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia uh, so that they could give a very specific help to um, different people. Because at that time, in the 1950s, some people would send a donation somewhere, and they would never know if it would actually reach the person they wanted to help. Let's say there's a nun in um, Bethlehem that they wanted to help. So a group of um, laymen organized this, and um, they made sure that the money went where the donor wanted. And that is actually still our um, our goal. We really are um, careful about how we give the money. So if you give the money to a certain source, it will get there, we guarantee it, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we actually give 100% of the donation. We don't keep anything for ourselves, although uh, over the years we had to, you know, rearrange certain things and um, so that we become more efficient. So at this moment, we are supporting three main categories of people in uh, the Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia. It is clergy who need help, because unfortunately... Um, a lot of our clergy do not get paid by the parish. Uh, it's a very sad situation. It's mostly because the parishes are very poor. And then we also help um, missions, Rokor missions around the world, for example, in Haiti, in Mexico, in Argentina, and so on. And we also help uh, youth. And in this case, we don't give money specifically to one person. Uh, We support different events so that young people can come together and 
for example, like a music conference, so they can learn to sing uh, Orthodox chant, or a youth conference where they can come together as a group and learn to do something for the church. But they also have fellowship with other young people because a lot of Orthodox uh, Christians, young Orthodox Christians, feel very isolated. Mm -hmm. And this way we provide a community for them to feel that they belong and they can want to stay in the church and we really want to help them. Okay, now there may be uh, some confusion on the part of our listeners because when we speak to the Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia and then we look at the Russian Orthodox Church in Russia, which would seem to have funds necessary to do what needs to be done, they may question and say, well, what happened here? Uh, so I will ask you the very obvious and maybe it's sort of the elephant in the room but it has to be asked, um, why isn't the Russian church itself in Russia supporting this ministry? Or am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, the thing is, is that uh, the Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia at some point was not in communion with uh, the Russian church in Russia, mm -hmm. or the Moscow Patriarchate uh, um, that it is called for just for differentiation. Yes. It was not for any theological reasons. It happened after the revolution of 1917, mm -hmm. and the, the hierarchs and the clergy who fled Russia to save their lives because... Uh, hundreds of thousands of clergy and faithful, probably millions, were killed yes. just because they were believers. Yes. So um, the people who left uh, had to, you know, organize somehow because they didn't want to be absorbed into other churches that where they couldn't speak the language, they couldn't understand what was going on. So the hierarchy formed a church outside of Russia, they had to uh, separate because they did not know what was going in Russia, mm -hmm. whether the head uh, of the church was uh, really doing what's best for the church, or maybe they were collaborating mm -hmm. with the KGB. So uh, there was no way of knowing back then. So for, so our, for our listening purposes, we do not see funding from the Moscow Patriarchate to the Roll Corps parishes, and that's therefore you have this ministry, which you're obviously doing some great things with. Okay, it's important that that somehow yes. is, uh, is established, because I know people are going to ask questions. Yes, but there's just one more thing that I have to add. Sure. Um, that um, communion between um, Roll Corps, mm -hmm. uh, Russian Orthodox Church outside of Russia, and the Moscow Patriarchate, the Russian Orthodox Church in Russia, was restored in 2007. Correct. Okay, good. Yes. Oh, but good. still, we are governed. We're governed differently and separately. Even though our metropolitan goes to Russia, and the Patriarch of Russia is actually our head, but still, there's you know certain governances that are different. Okay. What makes your position? Because you obviously speak with passion for this. So, what makes your position rewarding? What What are some of the challenges uh, that you have to work with? When I came there, I, I used to be a journalist. Um, I worked for radio and TV, and I just was thrust into a whole new area that I, I thought I knew something about, but it turned out that I knew very little. And it's not just about the fundraising, it's about what's actually going on in the church. Uh, for example, 
I found out that a lot of people don't know the situation that our priests are in. Mm-hmm. Because you come to church, you know, you come to church every Sunday, you know, every Saturday night for Vespers or Vigil, depending, uh, or, um, depending on your parish, and then for liturgy. And you see your priest, he's officiating, he's very well respected, he gives sermons, he's wearing all this beautiful vestments and the gold cross, and you think it's going fine, you know? Mm-hmm. You show up to church, it's always open. Or at least, you know, it's always open when it's supposed to be. But if you start getting in uh, closer with parish life, you realize that things are not so simple. Very often the priest in Rokor is the main donor to the church, and he's not even getting paid. Hmm. So a lot of our, most of our priests, let's say about 90% of our clergy have to work a secular job and do everything for the parish. Mm-hmm. For example, there was one priest, uh, he is in South Carolina. His name is Father Mark Mancuso. He's a wonderful priest. He has uh, a flourishing parish. He started from scratch, and he has a large family. He has five kids, So, and he had a full-time job. His uh, wife was uh, working on the side, I believe, and uh, homeschooling their kids. So And they still were the biggest donors to the parish, and they were buying the oil, buying the candles, and some people started tithing, but it's not something, unfortunately, that we grew up with in Russia. Okay. Uh, because before the revolution, the government supported the church. After the revolution, people just didn't know that they need to. Hmm. So back to Father Mark, he applied to us and we helped him for a couple of years, uh, just give, giving him a small stipend, because otherwise the parish would have really suffered. Mm-hmm. And this is not even the most, most drastic case. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you a, a few more questions. We could talk for a long time, but unfortunately time doesn't, is not on our side, yes. as they say. Uh, supporting clergy, the mission for Rokor, um, tremendous, tremendous... Um, uh, outreach and a wonderful and honorable thing to do. Uh, what have you learned, one or two things, about the clergy that you support? Well, I happen to be married to a priest, but uh, I wasn't when I started. Mm-hmm. But I found out that uh, clergy are my favorite segment of the population. <laughs> um, they, uh, I've never experienced so much support from uh, any other any other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are always, they are, I think they are heroes, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is in the Serbian Orthodox Church, but they have a much better situation for parishes. For mm-hmm. the, the priest, for example, is not allowed to work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So um, what I found out was that um, they will do anything for you, and we need to do something to support them as well. Mm-hmm. And many people are just not aware of what the situation is like. You know, they um, they think the priest works two hours a week, and the priest cannot go outside uh, during liturgy and say, listen, sorry, I have nothing to eat. Mm-hmm. He's there to help others, not to help himself. himself right. so we have to do something about him, you know, about helping him. No, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. I remember being involved with the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese, because that's where I am. And I had the privilege of serving for four years as the president of the national clergy. And one of the things we started was this type of a fund that would assist the clergy. Uh, And it is a tremendous way of reaching out. And I don't know any more worthy person, frankly, in the world that you can help uh, than a priest. 
because he is out there looking for the good of others and not just the good of himself. Elena, is there anything else that oh, you'd like to share with us, uh, with our listeners, about your work that we didn't discuss? Well, one other of my favorite causes is our youth. Uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in Russia. I only moved here uh, 16 years ago. Hmm. And when I was growing up, we didn't have anything like the support that is offered to young people here today. For example, uh, there are all these youth conferences that are absolutely amazing. They're life-changing. Um, and I'm so glad that it's now possible. I, I kind of wish I could go back and, you know, participate in them myself <laughs> mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, but, you know, nothing, uh, nothing would have been possible for us without the amazing people who support us. A lot of the people who support us are very poor. Uh, just the other day, I got a letter saying that uh, from a lady who's um, in her 80s, and she doesn't even qualify for Social Security because she wasn't. She said she wasn't born in this country, so she basically has a few dollars a month to live on, and she still donates. <laughs> and that's just to me. That's amazing. To me, that gives so much hope. I I really hope that everybody actually gets the support they need from the government or whenever, wherever, you know, so that they have enough to live. But just that letter, you know, it brought tears to my eyes. And there are lots of these, uh, lots of people like that. And uh, others are, you know, more, they, they can share more, and they do. And they just feel it's their duty and their privilege to help the church. And I just want to say thank you who has ever given to support their church, because you even don't know how much you are doing and the amount of the wonderful treasure that you're storing up for yourself in heaven. And we are so, so grateful. Very good. Thank you so much, Elena. God be with you. Thank you, Father. Again, Elena Plavsik is the Development Manager for Fund for Assistance to the Russian Orthodox Church outside Russia. If you haven't spent any time on their website, I encourage you to do so if for no other reason then to meet the staff. Just click on the About Us link and then choose Meet the Staff. As Elena said, it's a small staff, but what a fascinating group of folks. You'll love reading about uh, each of their backgrounds and then, of course, finding out so much more about the Fund for Assistance. We'll have a link to their website on our website at myocn.net. Just click on the Listen button, select Come Receive the Light, which perhaps you've already done, and then the link will be associated with this particular program. Please remember, we're a nonprofit outreach here at the Orthodox Christian Network and really depend upon the support from people just like yourself to continue to reach out around the world with so many different ministries. They're all under the umbrella of the Orthodox Christian Network. Check us out at myocn.net. And until we meet again in a few days, remember to always have faith in what you listen to. I see the world your way And I'm not afraid to follow I see the world your way And I'm not ashamed to say so I see the Jesus way And I'm walking in life